You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Yeah, we was muted. Tube, what's up? Live from New York. UIL boy. What's poppin', you too? What's going on? It's like the team, man. Yes, 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 my yes. Dreams are big and it. my team's rich. Hope everyone is uh making money. Very important. This is gonna be fun. Um, something that is extremely beneficial and needed It's needed um, as far as, you know, starting a business, something that we are huge advocates of uh, financial literacy, entrepreneurship and business. So this is right up the alley. One of the most important episodes that we probably ever have. Yeah. No, no. pressure. <laughs> we know a thing or two about starting a business and starting multiple businesses. Y'all watched the journey. So now we're going to get into some details. Yeah. Shout out to everybody that uh, checked out the episode yesterday with Miss Diddy. Super, super dope. Shout out to everybody that was uh, on Market Mondays the other day. Super, super dope. Um, we got a lot. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. We, we have a lot planned. Uh, for this year, it's going to be jam-packed um, with non-stop content. We got events that we're going to be talking about. We got new partnerships. We're going to have new shows for EYL Network. So new content for EYL University. So yeah. this, this is just the beginning. Yeah, we. Uh, I mean, 2022 is here. We wasn't playing, man. We had the game plan already mapped out for the whole year. So now it's just about releasing them strategically. So... Hope everybody is in tune and in tap what was about to happen. For those who've been here on the entire journey from like November 2019 to now, we appreciate y'all wholeheartedly. When we said y'all was grandfathered, y'all was. So hopefully you've taken advantage of the information. You've applied a lot of it. You've executed on some of it. And most importantly, you spread some of the, the knowledge that you've learned. That's the most important thing, right? There's, there's, there's no penalty for spreading information. Unless it's not valuable, and that, that's not even allowed here. So anything that's coming from us will be valuable and will be beneficial for you, not only you but everybody you're around. So tell a friend to tell a friend. That's the requirement. Shout out to MG the mortgage guy on the super chat. So you hear already, MG? Yeah, what up, bro? Yeah, he gave a super chat. So we'll get into it um, as we await for Miss Business to come in. So as we're waiting for her, I'll just kind of go over what we're going to be talking about today. So. 
Today's topic is how to start and run a business. This is a follow-up from the episode that we put in, put out a few weeks ago, um, where, you know, it got a really, a lot of positive reviews. A lot of people, you know, um, were interested in it. So, um, you know, during that episode, Hey, you should definitely watch that episode with Miss Business. She talked about, you know, LLC. She talked about business formation, EIN numbers, different things of that nature. So, and she also, um, drop her actual business blueprint course that she has um on that episode as well so we are doing a follow-up because notice a lot of people have questions so this is a perfect opportunity to kind of talk about some things that maybe were not talked about during the episode or maybe just go a little bit deeper and also to answer live questions that's probably the best part of the whole situation is question and answer so what we do with this for anybody that's not familiar is uh, EYL University biggest online platform for education out there. So <clears throat> we've created an online institution where we actually have weekly classes every every Wednesday at eight o'clock. And the last Wednesday of the month, we have what's called open enrollment where the class is actually open to the public. So this is an actual window into EYL University for anybody. Uh, that's why it's on YouTube and it's also on um, podcast outlets as well. So this is an opportunity to actually see what we have going on what we do on a uh, ongoing basis at EYL university. And if you're interested in joining, then, you know, the doors are open for you to join. So, um, part of EYL university is that we have the weekly classes every Wednesday, which is a different topic. Every single week, we talk about real estate. We talk about credit we talk about business formation. We talk about trust wills, all kinds of different stuff. And it's interactive. A lot of people ask like, what's the difference between that and the podcast? Well, it's like the podcast, you just listen to the content. EYL university is something that you actually, you know, interact with, you know, people that's presenting. So you get to ask questions on zoom. It's in a zoom chat. It's a more interactive feel, but even deeper than that, there's a lot of other stuff. Almost every single day, there's something. So shout out to Lawrence. Um, he's uh, taking over our investment wing. So he does a 12 o'clock class on Monday, which he actually goes over trading, goes over the stock market technical analysis, like live trading. It's a live trading class. If you want, you know, interested in options trading, stock trading, day trading, stuff like that, that's every Monday at 12 o'clock. And then every Wednesday at six o'clock, mm -hmm. he actually does an entry uh, to stock class where he actually talks about like opening a brokerage account, like stock market 101, very basic information for people that's like just trying to get on board. We also have MG, the mortgage guy. He does uh, biweekly real estate calls. Troy does the uh, book club and the movie club. I have financial planning calls. And then we actually have, infinity groups inside of EYL University as well, like over 20 different infinity groups. We have a crypto club, we have a real estate club. And um, these are people that's actually in EYL University and they actually formed clubs. So now it's like, you know, you might have 30 people in a crypto club meeting. You might have 25 people in a real estate meeting. So it's a dope way to kind of network and build with each other. So it's a huge, I mean, I can go on for hours about that, but EYL University is an interactive, experience where you actually get to learn in real time and actually build a community. That's the best part about it is actually a community of people that network and build with each other. We're going to be doing live events this year. Um, it's discounts to all events. So if you're interested, it's 50% off the annual membership. I'll put it in here. It's EYLUniversity.com. I'll pin it in YouTube. Um, so yeah, this is, this is a, a way to actually see what we have going on, but Miss business, you are here. What's going on? How are you? You, you're muted right now. 
I am here. My internet <laughs> tried to take me out. I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Nah, can't nah, nah, can't zoom. have that. Shout can't out to the that. Zoom gods. So yes, Miss <laughs> Business. Um, obviously everybody knows Miss Business needs no introduction. She was the very first alumni that we've ever had on the podcast. Um, brilliant CPA. We've been working with her for a couple of years. She also sets up LLCs for people, business formation, bookkeeping, the whole nine. So yeah, she's just, part of the inaugural class of professors at EYL University as well. So shout out to you. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep, for sure. So we'll talk about, you know, all of the other stuff that you have going on. But I know, you know, this class is kind of a follow up from the episode. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. Yes, let's get into it because I have gotten so much great feedback about that episode. People are like, oh my God, you gave me so much inspiration. I was able to start my business. Everybody needed a, the virtual address link. It was like, it's crazy. Don't you just love it? <laughs> it's so crazy. Like I love, um, I love that, you know, people aren't only like listening, but they're actually taking action. And so that's the best part to me because they are definitely on it. All right, let me present. I'm going to share my screen. What were some of the questions that you got from after the episode? Oh my God. Everybody wanted to know how to change their business address. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> wanted to know that. So everyone wanted to know that. Um, more so thought provoking about just how to start a business. I think that's just the overall phone lines in my office have been kind of going crazy because people are like, I want to start a business. I want to start my business correctly. I don't know, you know, if it should be an LLC, if it should be an S Corp, I want to do this right. And so I think um, the overall tone of it is that people are ready to just do good business and to legitimately um, start their business. So that, that makes me happy. And that should make you all happy because yeah, that's people extremely, are executing. Yeah, that's extremely encouraging, right? Not only do they want to start the business, but they know that some of the pitfalls that come with the formation of it and not doing it correctly and how far back that can set you. So to know that yeah. that's what people are asking is super encouraging. That's dope. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. They are on it. Yeah. Shout out to the earners, man. Y'all yeah. y'all different. Y'all special. We love y'all for real. Yeah. All right, let's get I into this. Okay, so we're going to talk about how to start and run a business because a lot of times, um, you know, most times you may have hobbies that turn into businesses, you may just have um, a passion or you may just be really good at, you know, something that you may say, you know what, you may have a skill, you may have something that you're like, listen, I really want to turn this to, into a business, or you may have already have you may already have a business that you're like, you know what, listen, I really want to, you know, start this. And again, a lot, I just started my business four years ago. So it hasn't been that long since I started my business. And when I really thought about what I wanted to talk about today, as it related to starting and running a business, I wanted to talk about how to position yourself to start, position yourself to sell and positioning yourself for funding, right? Because those are the most well, like the most important, well, the top questions that I get all the time, like after I start, like, okay, now how do I sell my product? How do I get people to care about it? And how do I get funding, right? Either, even if it's in the beginning, 
or it could be during your business, right? Because most of us are thinking about the funding um, in the beginning of the business to just start it. But as you start your business, you're also going to have to consider and think about funding as well. Um, a brief introduction to me and my business and what I do. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Shaquana. I go by Miss Business across all platforms. I am a certified public accountant. Four years ago, I started Brooks Alliance, and now I have 13, oh, four, actually just hired somebody today. I have 14 employees, um, and so for those of you who need motivation, there's your motivation. Um, four years ago, it was just me. I was in corporate trying to figure out what I was going to do, and I decided that I was going to take a chance on myself and bet on myself, and so I started my tax and accounting company, Brooks Alliance, and in regards to services, that we provide, we provide personal tax preparation, business tax preparation, business formation, bookkeeping, tax planning, payroll. If you see the ADP, I have a relationship with ADP. So we do all of our payroll processing through them. Um, it is so important, um, you know, to figure out what that business is going to be to serve. Um, that's what I do. So just wanted to give you guys a brief introduction um, to give you, a bit, give you guys a little bit more about me. For those of you who don't know me, I, um, I started my, my career um, big four accounting firm. I stayed there for six and a half years, really mastered my craft, really um, made a lot of connections, a lot of relationships before deciding to start my business. When I did this, this when I did decide to start my business, um, I was still at work and I was trying to figure it out. And I wanted to serve entrepreneurs, real estate investors, um, all of the entrepreneurs um, that today, you know, we're always like, you know, I want to get money. I want to get money. And so I just wanted to bring taxes um, and make it a part of the conversation. So that's a little bit about me. Now, jumping right into it, let's just talk about positioning to start, right? So when you're starting, you really have to think about, okay, so what is a business, right? So a business is the practice of making one's living by engaging in commerce. So businesses range from sole proprietorships to international corporations and can range in size from small to large. Now, that is important because you have to think about where do you want to be? Where are you currently? Are you, um, you know, at a job right now? Did you just start a business? Did you just quit your job? But where do you want to be? Where you want to be is very important because if you're thinking, okay, I want to just be a sole proprietorship, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to bring on, you know, any employees. I just want to do it by myself. Some people are like, listen, I want to have a side hobby, but I, you know, I want to know how to operate it properly. Some people are like, okay, I want to have a business. Um, but how big of a business, right? What goes into it? What are things that you need to do? Um, if you're thinking about being a big international corporation, you may need to consider, you know, positioning yourself to be purchased, to have investors um, invest in you, to go public, things like that. So you have to think about um, where you are. Um, in your business. Now, before we really get into it, I want us to think about and envision your future. And the reason why I always um, encourage everyone who's thinking about a business or getting into a business is because you need to establish your why. Establishing your why um, makes that journey of entrepreneurship, which is not an easy journey, it makes it so much easier when you have your why defined. So you have to define your why, envision your future. 
So what does that dream look like? What kind of car do you want to drive? What kind of house do you want to live in? Who do you want to be surrounded by? How much money do you want to have? What is, what do you want to feel like? What do you want your health to be like? What do you want your reach to be? All of these things you have to like sit and just close your eyes and just think about it. That's what I did when I first started my company, closed my eyes and I thought about it. And I said, you know what, what life do I want to live? Who do I want to be surrounded by? And when you become clear on what you want, it makes it so much easier to go after exactly what it is that you want. And so you cannot be afraid. And so many people are afraid to say what it is that they want. You have to, you have to define it. What do you want to drive? Be very clear. How, like, what's your happiest moment? When are you your happiest self? So you have to think about that because entrepreneurship is hard and you are going to need a why. Like, why are you doing this? So you have to think about, um, you have to think about that. The next thing that you have to think about as you decide to start your business is what are your money goals, right? How are you going to really break that down from, you know, and I use the example here for $100,000, but if your goal was a million dollars, if your goal is $10,000 additional a year, $50,000 additional a year, whatever it is, you have to break that down, okay? And so I gave two examples because um, I know a lot of times we always see for shock value, people will, you know, kind of put put out there, you know, to make 100K, you have 365 days, but realistically, like, no, I mean, some people, I mean, you just have to get it done and work every single day, but you may not want to work every single day. So I broke that 100K down um, into 250 days, which kind of excludes the weekends as well as holidays. So just taking a look at the top, right? Just breaking your money goals down and why it's so important to break your money goals down. Again, it gives you direction. You know where you're going. So whatever amount of money you want to make, whether it is to replace your job or to bring in additional income or to create this, you know, the life that you want, whatever it is, you have to be clear on it. So if it is 100K, 365 days, you break that down into months and then you break it down into weeks and you break it down into days. Now, keep in mind, I know most people, when you all are doing um, the calculation, most people would try to take, some people hit me up like, oh, your calculation is wrong. So it's not wrong. You guys are doing this. Um, you have to take into consideration if you have 365 days in a year and you break that down right into 12 months, you have to consider that not every um, month just has four just has four um, weeks, right? So if you technically took 12 months and then divided it by four, then technically you would only get 48 weeks, right, in a year and there's 52. Right. So that is why you're, you can't just keep dividing it. Um, so you just have to consider how many weeks there are in, in um, a year. So you have, um, let's say if we have this 100K, you have $8,333 a month you would have to make. So when people say, oh, I want to make 100K, it's like, are you positioned or are you in the, are you in a place with your business? to say that you want to, I mean, that you can make $8,333 a month. If not, that means that you are not positioning yourself to make 100K. So now you have to start becoming creative to say, okay, well, how am I going to make $8,333 in a month? 
What do I have to sell? How many people do I have to talk to? How many contracts do I have to close? What do I really need to do in order to get to this, this number? And so again, being intentional about what it is that you want is going to make the difference when you are um, when you are starting a business or you're doing anything in life. Now, what I did below with the 100K, um, the 250 days, I pretty much broke that down um, into just dividing it by 12. This formula works by keep dividing it because I excluded all the additional days. Um, so it works out. However, again, if you wanted to say, okay, I want to make 100K, but I want to take weekends off and I want to take all the... Um, all those U.S. holidays off, then that means that you are only, I mean, that means that you have to make $12,000 a month versus only the $8,333. So you have to think about that. So some people may look at that and say, nope, well, for one year, I have to go harder because, you know, whatever, I can't, I didn't budget or I, it's not in my bandwidth to do 12000 right? Even though that's a limitation and we don't do those, you figure it out. I always tell people, you if, if it's a money problem, you have to figure out and be creative on how to make more money, never for it to be a situation for you to sit back and say, oh, I don't have it, right? That's a limitation. And there's so many ways to get money um, in this world. So never that you can't do it, just you have to be creative and figure out how you are going to do it. Now, to extend the conversation um, from the episode that I did, um, last week, I wanted to get into entities because a lot of times people are not clear on what type of entities they are forming and why they are forming them and what it means. So I want to quickly break it down and just go through, okay, if, you know, every single entity, what it means from a tax perspective. And I'll also break down S-Corps um, visually because I know that it helps people really grasp the idea on what exactly um, that, that savings is and how we can reduce those taxes, right? And so most people, when you're thinking about your entities, uh, most people will say that they want to start an LLC. And it's so, it's so um, I call it like the, the popular entity because everyone just says that they want to start an LLC. And yes, from a legal perspective, um, it is going to protect you against liability the same way that a corporation will. So um, just keep in mind that, you know, most people will say to me, listen, I want to be able to write things off. So I'm going to start an LLC or I want to, um, you know, I want to. I don't want anybody to sue me and take my personal items, so I'm going to start an LLC. Um, please keep in mind, especially from a tax perspective, an LLC does not um, allow you to write off anything additional, okay? That is a big misconception. Keep in mind that an LLC is not a tax entity. Um, an LLC is a legal structure, and so what that means is that have forming an LLC does not breed you any additional tax write-offs. So I have sole proprietorship here and single member LLC 
because they are taxed the same exact way. The same things that you can write off as a sole proprietorship is the same things that you can write off as a single member LLC. Now, as a single member LLC, I do suggest that you register your business and you form your business and you form your business correctly because, again, you want to separate out that liability. You don't want someone to come and sue you and then all of the um, all of your stocks and, and your your um, personal now your primary residence, um, all of those, your cash that's in your account, all of those things that are personal to you, you want to be able to separate those out from your business. So just if in the event, you know, we're in America, if someone goes to sue you, you want to make sure that it's a situation where you are protecting yourself. So this is not in any way me saying that you don't need to form an LLC, is that I want you to be aware that when you are choosing these entities, that um, you are telling the IRS how you want to be taxed. No one talks about that. Everyone just talks about the legal side of it and the legal perspective of it. But we have to also consider what that means from a tax perspective. So if you see on the right-hand side, I have business income not taxed on a business level. So only thing that that means is that as an LLC, an LLC is what's called a pass-through entity. So that just means that it's it pass, whatever the profit of the business is, it passes through to your personal taxes and then it, you're taxed there. You're not, you know, as a corporation, which we'll go over, you're not taxed on the business side and then again taxed on the personal side. It all flows through on your personal side and then you're taxed there. Now, in regards to the tax form and how it's filed, the when you have a single member LLC or sole proprietorship, you will use Schedule C, which is filed with your personal taxes, which is your um, tax form 1040. So um, again, you're not filing a whole separate business return. Business and personal is filed together. In regards to the tax liability that you have to think about when you form a business is your income tax, your self-employment tax, and your state taxes. Okay, so keep those in mind. And of course, state taxes only if you are in a state that taxes income tax. So those like Florida, Texas, you don't have to worry about income, I mean, state tax. Now, let's talk about self-employment tax. So self-employment tax is 15.3%. It's typically um, when clients come to me and they've had businesses, existing businesses, and they come to me and I'm all like, I'll always show them like, hey, did you know that you were paying this additional 15% on your taxes? And 90% of them will tell me no. They didn't know because no one explained it to them. And most of the time people aren't questioning what these additional taxes are. Um, they just will you know pay it because at the end of the day they don't understand it no one's explaining it to them and so they just go ahead and pay but you have to keep in mind the self-employment tax really is just social security tax and medicare tax when you are an employee if you've ever received the w-2 you receive i mean you pay half your employer pays half so you pay 7.65 percent your employer pays 7.65 percent but when you are the owner you pretty much are responsible for the entire 15.3%. Okay, so you have to keep that in mind when you are thinking about that. And so that is a high number. And I always say to people, would you let somebody just come to you and say, let me get 15% of your business? You would tell them no. <laughs> you would be like, no, why would I give you 15% of my business? And so we have to think about it the same exact way. 
um, as it relates to taxes. Okay, <clears throat> now let's talk about partnership and two plus member LLCs. So thinking about that, we also have put partnership and two plus member LLCs because very similar to a sole proprietorship, a partnership just means that two people got together, started a business. However, they did not take the additional steps to separate, well, to register their business, which separates the business out from themselves, right? And so that is important for you to understand. And so the two plus member LLC just means that you formed an LLC, you have two plus members in there and you have registered the business. There is a separation between yourself and the business. Now you have your business income. So it says business income is not taxed on the business level. Now the difference with the tax form and partnership people, please listen up because I have tons of people that make this mistake every single year. If you decide to form a partnership or a two plus member LLC, you cannot just divide out the income and expenses on your personal taxes on a schedule C, right? That is for single member LLCs. If you are a partnership or a two plus member LLC, you have to file tax form 1065. That's where you're going to report all of your income, all of your expenses, and then you are going to receive a K-1. So all partners are going to receive a K-1. The K-1 pretty much just shows the profit of, uh, sorry, the profit share of each of the owners. So if there was a business, you all profited $10,000, there was 50-50 ownership, each partner will receive $5,000 on their K-1 that they then will have to uh, include in their personal taxes. Okay, so please keep that in mind. Now, in regards to the tax liability, you have to think about your income tax. There is self-employment tax relating to a two-plus member LLC, but to the extent of guaranteed payments, which just means that there was some additional work done by one of the partners that wasn't typically like in their scope um, in the business. So they were paid additional. So that is kind of seen as kind of like a payroll or salary almost. Um, and then there's state taxes, right? Again, if you are in a state that um, that allow, I mean, if you are in a state that requires you to pay state taxes. Um, C corporations. So now C corporations, you are taxed on the business level. So what that means is that you are taxed on the business level. And as you're taxed on the business level, what happens Sorry, as your tax on the business level, that's very different from an LLC and a two plus member LLC that I just described to you all, right? Because those are not taxed on the business level. So to be taxed on the business level, what that means is that your income and your expenses are being reported on your corporate tax return, which if you see below that is tax form 1120. Whatever that profit is, you will pay taxes on that um, on, um, on the business level. So on that corporation tax return, there will be a tax liability due if you are operating at a profit. So in that same example, if it was $10,000, it doesn't matter how much, how many shareholders and all um, is in the business, that $10,000 will be taxed at 21%. That is the corporate tax rate. So it will be taxed at 21%. Then, and why if you've ever heard about a corporation, you will hear double taxation because then you have your corporate corporate partner share of the profits then has to be distributed as dividends. 
right? And so now you have to deal with being taxed again. So this may, you know, make sense as it relates to, let's say, an Apple. I always like to use Apple. Everybody knows, you know, Apple as the company. So think about it. Apple's on the stock exchange. You can purchase Apple. You can own a piece of Apple. So now when you purchase a stock, you now are an owner of Apple. What happens is every year, Apple has to file their tax form 1120. They have to pay their taxes. And then guess what? Everybody, everyone's looking for their dividends, right? Their share, their profit share um, of what, however much of the company that they own. So what happens is they will distribute out dividends. And then guess what happens? You all receive a 1099 DIV, which states, okay, this is how much dividends the company has paid out to you throughout the year. And so when that happens, you then have to report it on your personal taxes. And when you have to report it on your personal taxes, what happens? Your tax again. So you have to think about that. Um, and so most people will say, okay, well, if I'm paying all those taxes, like why would it ever make sense for me to be a C corporation? And so some people are C corporations for some of the following reasons, such as they want investors, right? So some investors will require you to be a corporation. If you ever have um, a plan to go public. If you have a plan to go public, then you will need to be a corporation. You cannot be an LLC and go public. You would have to be operating as a corporation. Some people, it is an income threshold. If you are making over a certain amount of money, you it will be in your advantage um, some of the time for you to be a C corporation. So those are some of the um, some of the reasons why you some companies will choose to even be a C corporation. Now, keeping in mind in terms of, you know, what the taxes look like, you do have your corporate income taxes, your dividend uh, taxes that you, well, your dividend, sorry, the dividend income is being taxed and then your state taxes. Okay. So that's something to think about. Now, S-Corp. Ms. Business, real, real quick, real yes. quick. because You scared I'm, me. No, no, no. We just watch. I'm taking notes and I'm watching. I'm listening to this Apple and I'm listening to the dividend payment. How is that? Is it is it taxed as a as a long term capital gain or is it like a short term? capital? How is that taxed? It's like short term, like ordinary. Yeah. So if they're doing like quarterly dividends, then you're getting short term capital gains on it. Yeah, because they not, yeah, they, they distribute it short term. So it wouldn't really be long term. Perfect. Got you. Shout out to Ian on the check in. <laughs> yeah, shout hey, out to our brother. Ian. <laughs> All right, so S-Corp. So your S-Corp, um, you have your business income, um, not taxed on the business level. So with an S-Corp, um, S-Corporations is, um, I love S-Corporations because I think that it is an amazing tool. And it really, um, as you start to sit back, you start to realize that the real separation between um, the S-Corp and an LLC, most of the time, is just people not knowing about it. Most of the time, it's not that people don't want to be escorts. It's just that they never knew about it and knew the advantages of it. So they just did not take it, you know, take advantage of converting their LLCs or their corporations over to escorts. So let's talk about escorts um, and how they save uh, business owners all the time on that self-employment tax and help them significantly. Like I have clients saving thousands, like so, like tens of thousands of dollars um, just by simply saying, hey, I don't wanna be an LLC, I'm gonna be an S-Corp. So with your business income, the business uh, income is not taxed on the business level. So similar to an LLC, it is a pass-through entity. So with the pass-through entity, again, that just means that 
It is not taxed on the business level. It passes through to the personal taxes and then it's taxed there. Okay, so what happens with the S-Corp is that you have to file tax form 1120-S. So with once you file 1120-S, that's where you're reporting your income, that's where you're reporting your expenses, and then you have your profit. Similar to when you were like a partnership or a two-plus member LLC, each owner of the S-Corp, because you can have up to 100 owners in an S-Corp, each owner will receive a K-1. If it's just you, then you would have 100%, and 100% of the profits will just go to you. So that K-1 is going to then be included on your personal taxes and then your tax there. However, the tax, the taxes that you have to think about, well, that you will incur is just income taxes and state taxes. Notice I didn't say self-employment taxes. So let's talk about that really quick. All right. So I have to always bring this chart into my conversation because it is so important um, that I give visuals because people digest it and understand it a lot more. So this is a diagram of how someone that's making $100,000 um, profit, how they were able to save on self-employment tax um, by being an S-Corp versus being an LLC. So to quickly run through this, on the left-hand side, you have LLC. So you have $100,000, um, of income that you made in your LLC, that $100,000 is subjected to self-employment tax. So that self-employment tax is 15.3%. That, <clears throat> sorry, the income is then reported on your personal tax return, okay? And all the income is subjected to ordinary income tax. Keep in mind, um, all the income is always going to be subjected to ordinary income tax once it hits the bottom. This, this, um, a diagram is simply to show you how you are going to save on self-employment taxes, okay? So we're not necessarily getting into the reducing income taxes, but more so how to save on uh, self-employment taxes. Now, if we go to the right, you have your S corporation um, made the same $100,000 income, but you notice that the person paid themselves a salary of $40,000. Keep in mind, when you are an S corp, you are required to pay yourself a salary. It's no specific number or percentage, but you have to pay yourself a salary. Now, this person decides to pay themselves a salary of 40,000. That is an expense to the business. So that the business is left with $60,000 on the right-hand side, as you can see. Let's just look on the $40,000 side. $40,000, uh, it shows that on that $40,000, they incurred social security tax and Medicare tax. So that 15.3% was taken out because guess what? They are an employee. So on their, um, on their check, they took out 15 point, I mean, sorry, 7.65%. And then the company paid the other 7.65%, right? But technically it's all their companies. So in this example, they were responsible for that 15.3%. That $40,000 was then reported on a W-2. So before we go on, I just want to show you all that what this is saying here is that the person went from paying 15.3% on the $100,000 to only paying it on $40,000. Okay, so I really wanted to point that out. And I like to include this because it helps people understand exactly 
um, you know, how that savings work. And so it really is, um, it, it really is a phenomenal tool by just changing your entity. I usually suggest that I always get this question on what income threshold. I usually say anything over $35,000, $40,000, I suggest that you convert over to an S-Corp. If you are making anything under that, then I would suggest remaining as an LLC um, until you are profiting you know, above those numbers because um, an S-Corp has requirements, right? You have to process payroll. You have to file your taxes every single year. So you just want it to make sense, all right? So just to kind of finish out this diagram, we have the $40,000 being reported on a W-2, the $60,000 going to be reported on a K-1, which also does not have any self-employment tax. And then the whole 100,000 kind of goes down and it's going to be taxed on ordinary income taxes, okay? So I just wanted to talk about that. Now, I had to bring you guys through that because I think that it's like so important. And um, we talked about on the episode, like things you need to consider when you're forming your business. But I wanted to go into a little bit more on like, okay, what does it all mean? And to make sure that you all are doing it correctly. So now positioning yourself to sell. Now you may know the craft, but not the business. This is so important because I feel that it doesn't matter what industry it is, the business side of things will take the fun out of everything. I have a ton of creator clients and the business side of things just extremely stress them out because they're like, I just want to be like, I just want to create, like even me, I, most days I'm screaming. I'm like, I just want to do taxes. I want to do taxes. I want to educate. I want to talk to people. Right. But then when I have to sit down and really do the business side of it, what I call fun, which I know most people won't call fun, like doing taxes, but like what I call fun, I, it's not fun, right? Because the business side of it is so technical and it's so serious and it's so important. And it's something that you have to really think about when you're really thinking, thinking about, you know, starting this business, you have to think about what do, I, what do I need to do versus what do I need to delegate or who do I need to hire or who do I need to engage who, what, like who, what consultant can I pay to help me, you know, eliminate a lot of mistakes. So put this picture here because you have to hire a team. And again, I started out, it was just me. I was answering the phone, doing the consultations, doing the taxes. I was doing everything. However, I understood very early that I needed to hire someone. So my first person that I hired was an admin. That was my first person because guess what? There's a lot of administrative tasks and there's a lot of you know duties that needs to get um, done on a day-to-day, but no one really talks about those things. Everybody makes it seem like you can do it all. But what starts to happen is that I was forgetting things. I wasn't able to show up. And I quickly, quickly <laughs> understood that I needed to hire a team. I also needed to delegate. What I didn't put on here um, that I want to talk about is just outsourcing and bringing in and hiring experts that you really need to hire. And so I want to spend a minute just talking about that because <clears throat> when you hire an expert, and most of you all are, you know, on this, you know, on this Zoom right now. And so you're already showing up for yourself, right? You're here, you're showing up for the information. So that is amazing. Um, but I want you all to take it a step further and really take that knowledge and execute on it, right? So we're all always talking about, listen, 
you need to hire the experts. You need to, you know, get whatever knowledge it is that you need. You need to take it a step further, right? So after you sit here and you get this knowledge, okay, so what is that next step? And so really, really, really think about, okay, who can help me eliminate my mistakes? Who do I need in my 1% team? Is it my CPA, right? So I always say my 1% team includes my CPA, my, well, I'm kind of the CPA. I'm actually looking for a CPA because it's gotten to a point where I'm like, I need to like outsource um, some of these things, right? But as a business owner, you need a CPA. I help people save so much money. I'm a tax write-off. I'm a whole asset, right? And I say that, I jokingly say that to people all the time. I'm like, yeah, I'm a write-off, but I'm truly an asset because not only am I going to save you on taxes, but I'm also going to help you with your business. I'm all, I also have the resources, right? And the experience. And a lot of people like don't value the the fact of having people in your corner that you can pick up the phone to say, hey, do you have a referral for, I want to start payroll. Who can I, you know, get to my payroll? Oh, I want, I need a financial advisor. Who do I need? Like those things are extremely important because you have to be able to eliminate the mistakes. Because if you're starting and if you don't have anybody to say, listen, here, here's what you need to do, you have to create your team. So get your banker, get your lender, get, you know, that funding expert, get these people, you know, whoever your brand strategist is going to be, whoever's going to, you know, look into marketing. So pace yourself, but you need all of these people on your team because these are the people that's going to help you grow your business. Okay. So that is so important. So marketing. That takes me into marketing. Um, marketing is so important. A lot of people will spend so much time worried about packaging and um, you know all the pretty things and all the things that they're so passionate about, and they forget to tell people about their business. <laughs> so, what is going to like? How are you going to get the word out? What? How are you going to get more clients? How are you going to get people to purchase your item? Uh, you know, your service? How are you going to get people to invest in you? What, what is going to be your strategy? Most people are not thinking about it. What is the budget for it? Create a budget for it. I don't know if you guys seen Miss Diddy episode last night on the podcast. I love Miss Diddy, by the way. So I watched the whole episode, but she said like, you have to put money into budget, I mean, into marketing. And if you look at, I think Elon Musk said it too, like I will put my last money into marketing. People are not valuing marketing enough um everyone's so consumed and so tied up into what they think is such a good product and a good service and then they do all of these things on the back end but nobody knows that it's available nobody knows what service or product you have so no one can purchase it what is going to be your plan of action to actually get that out there okay so understanding funnels right so Funnels can be from, it doesn't matter if you're online. Well, most people, I'm sure you guys are online, but if you aren't, aren't online, you need to be online. Um, you have to have some sort of social presence um, to your business because I don't care if I walk in a store, I still go, into the, I go, still go on um, Instagram pages. I'm like, oh, I wonder what the Instagram page looks like, right? And I'm not the only person that does that. So you have to understand funnels. And a funnel is really nothing more than how are you going to get your client into your process and service them? 
How are you going to get them to buy whatever it is that you want them to buy? How are they going to start here? What's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next step until you get them to purchase from you? You have to think about those things. Um, you can't just think because you're passionate and you think that it's a great product that it's going to sell because that is not the case. Okay. And also think about how are you going to retain clients? Everyone's always concerned about how they're going to keep, I mean, get new clients, but in terms of retaining clients, people are not thinking about that or talking about how they are going to actually retain um, the clients that they actually have. Like you already have the clients here. How are you going to service them? What are you going to do? Is it a follow-up? Is it, you know, an offer? Is it, you know, just finding different services? For me, I keep my clients because I listen to what they're telling me that they need. So if my client's like, hey, I need this, I need this. I'm like, you know what? Like sales taxes. I originally was not doing sales taxes, but now I'm bringing sales taxes. And so by the end of the end of March, my firm will be offering tax, I mean, sales tax um, services on a larger scale because clients need it, especially with so many people selling online. And so you have to keep um, you have to keep those things in mind and you have to listen. You sell by listening. So you have to listen to your current clients. So the last thing is funding, right? So funding is something that you have to think about um, in the beginning, right? You may try to understand like, okay, well, what exactly, like, how am I going to actually get the money to start my business? Or, okay, I have my business, it's here, but I need to hire more employees. I need a new software. I need to do these things and I don't have the money to do it. And I always say that small business owners, um, we're always in a bad position because we <laughs> need more money in order to grow. But a lot of times we don't have the money to grow. So you wind up in this vicious cycle where it's like, okay, well, in order for me to grow, I need more money to grow, but I don't have more money to grow. So how, what am I going to do? And so you have to be creative. You cannot just sit back again, as I said earlier, we're not going to sit back and just simply say, oh, um, this isn't like, okay, I don't have enough money right now. And that's it. No, you have to think about what am I going to do for more money? That changes your mindset and that makes you think about what are the steps and the things that you have to do in order to become more creative so that way you can get the funding that you need in order to start your business. So let's talk about funding. You're starting out your business. I'm going to start out with tax-free money. Um, so what I call tax-free money is when people go and they start they may drive Uber or they may do DoorDash, right? To get some additional income. Um, pretty much any income that you are generating, um, that's a 1099, not necessarily a W-2. Um, so you will receive that 1099 at the end of the year. And why I call it tax-free money is because at the same time when you're driving that Uber and you're starting your business, you could take that money, purchase laptops, purchase softwares, supplies, materials, and guess what it is? It's a tax write-off. And that tax write-off is going to go against the money that you were already making, right? And so now what happens is when you bring that money in, it's income. But now when you start buying things for the business, it is now an expense, right? And so what happens, let's say you brought in $10,000 in income and then you had your laptop and you had, you know, you needed supplies and you needed all these things. That is $10,000 
worth of expenses that you may bring in that now, guess what? Now your net income is zero. So now that's technically tax-free money. So now you have to think about, because the reality is when you pay taxes, you're holding yourself back, right? So the more you overpay in taxes, the more you hold yourself back because you could be getting a lot further with that money that you're paying um, taxes with. So instead of just saying, okay, well, I'm going to take the money, I'm going to drive Uber, I'm not going to do anything. If you were getting that additional money in, instead of just getting the money in, you take that and you use it towards your startup costs, right, for your business. And so that's why I call that uh, tax-free money. Now, credit cards. So thinking about credit cards, you have to um, understand that there's different tiers of credit cards, right? So there may be your bank credit card, right? And they may require you, if you have good personal credit, you may go there to open up a business bank account. Nine times out of 10, the next thing they're going to say to you is, do you want a business credit card? If they don't, just ask them for it, right? Every bank does it. Um, so if, if they have business checking accounts, which 95% of banks do. Um, so if they ask you, you know, do you want a business credit card? If your business is new and you are just establishing your business, what the bank will do is they will take your, they would pretty much make you personally guarantee the credit card. And what that really means is that you will, they will run your personal credit to see what your personal credit is to see if they will allow, you know, give you some sort of line of credit on your, well, not line of credit, but give you, um, yeah, a lot of credit on your credit card. Um, so that is so important, right? And sometimes most people say, oh, I don't want them to, um, you know, look at my personal credit at all. That's fine. However, if you want to get where you're going a little faster, you may have to use yourself to leverage in order to get that credit card. Now, as you start establishing that business credit and you are now in a better position, now what happens is that you are able to then get credit cards down the line where you don't need to run your personal credit because now your business is establishing credit. And most of the times when you get these credit cards, they have zero interest, um, you know, tra uh, zero transfer balance. And so you can utilize that. So now I just opened up a business. I have a new business and I just opened up a credit card and they gave me like 13 months for free. Oh, that's free money. Like not free money, but interest free money, right? That's cheap money. So because it's cheap money, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to take it. I'm going to invest it in my business and my returns. Now I just have a bunch of money that I can play with that I don't have to pay any interest on until next year, February. So you all have to think about these things as well. And, you know, you utilize yourself if you need to, to get where you're going. Okay, so now loans and lines of credit. So now loans and lines of credit will require you to have like your business. And keep in mind, you when you're going for loans, lines of credit, you have to make sure that your business entity, and this is why I left funding for the end, because it is so important that your business is set up properly or you will not get funding. When it comes to advancing, you have to know that you are not going to get to that next level until you are structured correctly. So you're gonna need to make sure that your entity is set up correctly. 
As we talked about on the episode, you need to make sure that that address is not a home address. You need to make sure that it's a virtual address, something that they can search and see that you are a legitimate business. You want to make sure that you have a website, you have an office telephone number, and wherever you're getting these things at, right? It doesn't matter, but you have to make sure that they are put in place. You also need to make sure that your you have income coming into your business bank account because so many people will go for loans or go for some sort of funding and they're like, oh my God, like I have all my income for my business going into my personal account. That is not going to work. They want to see money coming into your business. And if you have everything going into your personal, that does not cut it. You have to make sure that is done. The next thing that they're always going to ask you for are your tax returns. So you need to make sure that you are filing your tax returns. Okay. So keep in mind, those things are always going to be needed when you need, when you need to go for a loan or a line of credit. So with the loan and line of credit, your business does need to be established. Every bank or lender has their own criteria. You know, some is a year, some is two years, but at minimum, it has to be a year because they want to see those taxes. They want to see that you have money coming in. They want to see that, you know, you reported it. And that's what they are going to go um, off of when they are deciding if they are going to approve you or not. Okay, so please keep in mind that you have to be positioned correctly. So when you go, they are going to look at your taxes, they're going to look at your bank statements, and that's what they are going to use to determine if you are eligible for um, for loans. But there's also different tiers. Funding, I could, we can kind of talk about all day, but I know we don't have all, these, all this time. Um, but just so that you all know, and I'm driving this point home, 88% of millionaires are self-made entrepreneurs in the United States. So there's a facade out there that millionaires, all millionaires, they get their money passed down to them. That's not true. 88% of millionaires are self-made millionaires in the United States. That means that everybody had a dream. They worked hard. They believed in themselves. They seen their future self and they showed up every single day for their future self because they wanted a different change and a different circumstance. Okay. So keep that in mind. And if 88%, like there's a lot of millionaires, there's a lot of millionaires. If 88% of millionaires can do so by being self-made, meaning they didn't have any help, they had an idea and they went after it, then you can too, you know? And so believe in yourself. Um, I find that that's the biggest limitation. 500,000 people quit their jobs in 2021 and that number is expected to continue to increase. Okay, so please, 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 please keep that in mind. Um, as you all are thinking, you know, about this entrepreneur journey. There's so many people out here just doing it for themselves, showing up for themselves. You know, we all have an amazing platform of EYL just letting us know everything that's possible. I've learned about so many different industries, um, you know, just through watching the podcast and just being present that I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even know I could make money this way. Or I didn't know, or, you know, really understand the logistics behind it. And so we have to make sure that it's a situation where we are, um, you know, really, really taking advantage of these things. So that concludes my presentation. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Standing Man. ovation. Standing <laughs> ovation. <laughs> Thank oh you, man. Yeah. I, I'm glad you brought up that 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 uh great uh resignation as they're calling it, right? Because 
the unemployment rate is is going lower every month and so if the people are resigning they're not filing for unemployment they must be creating their businesses so i'm glad you brought that point up yes so now we're going to go into the part that's probably the the most beneficial um as i said you want to take the um that's um, oh. yeah you guys. Oh, hold on. Sorry, yeah. let me stop sharing. And now we're gonna go into the part yeah, that's probably most beneficial for the EYL University classes is um the question and answer part. Anytime we do a YouTube live, whether it's Market Mondays, whether it's open enrollment, whether it's even a podcast, people ask questions, which is weird because I mean you would know you would think that people would know that the question is not gonna get answered in a podcast because it's pre-recorded. But um, people still like in the comment sections, they'll ask questions during the um, recording of like during the like premiere of the podcast. So this is an opportunity for people to actually ask questions and it becomes, you know, more of an intimate situation, kind of like a consultation, really. Um, so we're going to open it up and um, yeah, answer some questions that I'm sure a lot of people will have, like, you know, similar type of questions. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to start with uh, Patrick. We're coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on, Patra? Good evening. Hello, everyone. How are you? I am great. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Miss Business. You made this You're so welcome. simplified. I mean, you really did. I thank you. Listen, <laughs> my question is, I'm thinking about um, moving from LLC to escort real soon. But my question was about adding children to um, the payroll and the additional benefits. I have an inquisitive granddaughter. <laughs> um, she loves doing whatever, you know, I'm doing to help me along. And I'm just wondering if that will help me. Because I think it's what, like almost $13,000 I can pay her out over the year. And it's yes. kind of tax-free. Is that what I'm understanding? Absolutely. So let's talk about this because this is always a hot topic on how much people can pay themselves and then what that process is. So mm -hmm. in regards to paying yourself, um, sorry, in regards to paying your granddaughter or paying your any child, what needs to happen? You don't have to put them on payroll, like officially, like through like an ADP or you don't have to do that. What you can do is you simply can take the money from the business account to and send it to the child's personal account. But keep in mind that the child must, the, the account has to be in the child's name. Right. It can't be in your name or let's say your daughter's name or son's name. Um, it has to be in the child's name. OK. And so what happens is you can take you can pay them, pay your uh, granddaughter up to twelve thousand five hundred dollars and send the money from the business account to the personal account. It then um, is a tax deduction at the end of the year. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for that. Thank You're you welcome. for clarifying that it needs to no, be. In no our, problem. Thank you. And then you could take that money and invest and put it in a broker. Yeah, that part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Valuable information right there. Yep. Appreciate you, Patrick. Then, then you could even go a step further. And if the, if the child is old enough, you could put, you know, you could put the money in a Roth IRA up to $6,000, right, Miss Business? Yeah. And, and that's tax-free when they take it out later on down the line. So there's a lot of different ways that you can actually, you know, benefit from that situation. Awesome. Thank you so much. I am so glad I finally joined EYL. It's a plethora of information. Thank you so much, guys. I'll let someone else come on. So we good. appreciate you. Thank you. Welcome to the family. It's been a minute Thanks. since I got to do my little calls. Here we go. Uh, Aaron, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on? Peace, peace. How y'all doing, man? Everybody good, man. Hello. How you? 
I respect. Okay, so I uh, last year I started an LLC for uh, real estate investment. I started with $20,000 startup funding. Uh, and a, a friend of mine wanted to uh, help my business establish credit by purchasing um, by purchasing a condo. So they invested 130,000 into my uh, business savings account. It was a business it's a business savings account. They uh, invested 130,000 for me to make this purchase of a, uh, a condo and they wasn't really agreeing with the market based on our search. So uh, they decided to make another move. So they, uh, I withdrew that $130,000 and gave it back to them. Uh, how, how should I classify that on my taxes, um, you know, to avoid any issues? Well, you don't have to claim it on your taxes because when you receive the money, it's not considered income. It was more so considered like a loan, right? Um, it yeah. was money that was provided to you as a loan. And then the money that um, when you basically repaid the loan, um, you just repaid the loan. What I will say that you need to do is you, I don't know if you all already have a loan agreement in place, but if you, if you all, you or anyone in here have a situation similar to that, you want to make sure that you establish like a loan agreement, right? So that way, and it, it just needs to say, you know, who, who was the borrower, who gave the money, what are the terms, when is the, you know, expected pay date. So that way you all have a real true um, partnership agreement and there okay. won't be any ambiguity about if it was income or not. Oh, yeah. And I, I totally understand. Thank you. I appreciate You're welcome. that. No problem. Yeah, yeah. Those, all those agreements are extremely important. Operating agreement, partnership agreement, and obviously a loan agreement, as we can see right now. That's something that we don't even think about when we go into business, especially when we do it with like our partners, or our friends. It's kind of like, yo, hey, you'll do this, I'll do this. But to have something that's formally put together is very important in a case like this. It, it could be um, almost detrimental if you don't. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's go. Let's go to uh, Tariq. We coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on, Tariq? What's going on, y'all? Peace, everybody. How y'all feeling tonight? Hey, buddy. Hello. How are you? What's going on? I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. Um, I appreciate Miss Business for everything you've done. Um, I know you've been rocking with Rashad and Troy from the beginning. Appreciate all the gems y'all done gave. My question actually follows right up on Troy's point. Um, can you list your top 10 things that you would list in an operating agreement? I kind of want to know what, what you would actually personally okay. and also can you just explain what an operating? i had this conversation with somebody today can you explain what an operating agreement actually is and why it is beneficial for starting your business or op having a business absolutely so an operating agreement pretty much is the rules of the business you want to make sure that you establish what is going to be the tone and the rules of your business when you are first starting? So the operating agreement will detail things out like, um, when are you going to take profits? What is the ownership percentage? 
when is there a lockup period? Are you going to bring some, you know, let's say an investor decides to invest in your company and you wanted to have some sort of lockup period. You would include all of those things, those terms inside of um, inside of the operating agreement. Are you go? Are you all going to decide to dissolve the business after five years or 10 years? Right. Who? What role in of all of the um, what are the roles of all of the partners um, of the business? Who's going to do what? What are the ownership percentages? Those are the type of things that goes in an operating agreement because you want to make sure that you are detailing it out. And it is very, very, very important, especially when you have partnerships or multiple members, because you want to detail out one and make it clear who's doing what, right? That is a big thing um, in partnerships. Most people will start it and have no idea who's doing what that business. So you have to think about, okay, who's doing what? What is the profit sharing? Um, who's liable for what, if anyone, right? Those are the things that you would put in there, right? Is there a lockup period? Um, are you going to dissolve the business? Who's responsible for what? Who, what's the ownership percentage? So I feel like I just almost gave you like 10. So I don't know. You did, <laughs> you got, did. You you gave me a solid list. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay. That's off the top of the head, man. That's, that's... That was off the top of the head. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's late. I understand. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. Uh, he's that's like cool. 10. I'm like, wow, 10. <laughs> like, I, got, I got close. <laughs> the 10 business commandments. Rena, we coming to you. <laughs> unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on? Hello, evening, y'all. Hello. How you doing? I'm well, thank you. So I am a mature earner and new to EYL. Um, I have recently uh, started taking care of my mom and I also have my granddaughter. So I, I'm thinking that I could do something in terms of like a, maybe a boarding care, something like that, something where I'm able to care for others. So my question is, would I be better just starting off renting or leasing a home or buying the home to start the business, put the business into. What are your thoughts? So you would have to really consider, um, I hate giving the explanation of it depends, but it really does depend on like what those facts and circumstances are. Um, you mm -hmm. know, like what is the value of the home, right? Are you able to purchase the, the home at a good, you know, at a good rate? Does it make sense for you to maybe rent at, you know, rent for a certain period of time and then mm -hmm. look to, you know, buy at a later time? Um, you have to kind of, consider. I wouldn't be able to make that decision. But what I yeah. can say is that while you are trying to make that decision, you need to think about and weigh in all the factors about, you know, the financial, you know, the financial responsibility that that is going to put on you. Um, and another thing that, you know, I'm so happy that you asked this because a lot of people don't think about, let's say, startup costs, right? So now you have to think about all the costs that it's going to cost you to actually start this up, the licenses, you know, the registration, especially if you're yeah. getting into a field like that, you know, mm -hmm. the professionals, the certifications, um, you know, the, the decor, mm -hmm. the, the supplies, all of the things that you're going to need. And then on top of that, if you add a mortgage, will it be the same as paying rent? If so, then, you know, land is, you know, mm -hmm. having land is better, you know, yes. but if it's a situation that, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to put you in a bad 
space and not allow you to be able to reinvest into your business, then you may want to be able to kind of take that step back, rent for a little bit, and then um, purchase the home. So that would be my. Um, okay. I appreciate that. No Thank problem. you very much. Y'all have a good one. You too, Rena. Thank you. Mm, bye now. Shout out to all the mature earners, man. That that's one of those dope clubs. Uh, that it, that's the they got a lot of information, man. Yep, that's one of the best in, infinity clubs that we have. Mature yeah, earners. Um, yeah, it's really dope. All right, I want I don't want to get this name wrong. I think it's Shona Tina, but I might be wrong. But I'm I'm you anyway to talk. And then if I'm said it wrong, you can correct me. Hi, yeah. Thank you. It's Shantina. You were close. Ah, Shantina. What's <laughs> going on? How are you? I'm good, and you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for being yeah, so here. So my my question is, um. I, I I work a regular job and I also had invested in a and uh, in, in a business that we eventually just sold but I get a um, like a a royalties payment every like every six months mm-hmm. um, but my question is when I turn my taxes in to the CPA to get done mm-hmm. do I give them? I don't know how do how do I do that? And I'm trying to start a business. So I still give them my W-2 stuff and my investment business stuff. And I'm I need to file taxes for my personal business. So when I do go get a, a loan for my my own personal business, mm-hmm. I want to show the lender that I have income. I mean, I have income, but not for my business that I haven't really produced income yet, if I make sense. Okay. So let me just say this again to make sure I have it. You had yes. a business, you sold it, and you're getting royalties? Yes. Okay. Then you also have another business, but you're not really operating that that other business. Correct. Okay. Well, she's, she's getting royalties from a job, though. You're getting royalties from your job, right? No, I'm getting royalties from the business um, the sold. business, uh, a business I was in the group with. Okay. Um, okay. We sold it, but I'm getting royalties from that. But I'm that's still coming along for another a year or two, but I want to start my own business. But I want to file, or what I'm understanding is I need to file taxes for the business that I haven't started to get a loan or a business credit. Got you. Okay. So when you file your taxes, you have to report the royalties. If there are any expenses that you you incurred, um, then what will happen is that you will report those expenses. If you have your W-2, you'll report that. In terms of your business, so with your business, if you haven't made any, you have to report the income that you've made as well as report the expenses. So if you're in a position where you haven't made any money in that business, then you wouldn't report any money in that business. So that's how you would file that. So okay. you would you would only, like I say, if you, whatever you made in the business and whatever you spent in the business, that's what you would report on the taxes. So, so earlier when you was explaining like, because uh, I already had the LLC credit for the new business for myself. So I'm not mm-hmm. in a group business anymore. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to do a C Corp along with the C with the LLC that I credit for my own business because I had it a business with a group of people where I get royalties from, which I made over almost almost 200 almost 200 K. Mm-hmm. So they're paying your royalties out to your name or to your business? Um, it's coming to me. So I get, um, I do a schedule K one cause I, I have a, I have a 1040 form that I have to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
That's fine. So yeah, so you will report that. So you would report that, but you wouldn't report on the personal business that you're referring to. There's okay. nothing for you to report if you okay. didn't have any activity, but you okay. still will include the K-1. If you did receive any like separate royalties, then you would report that. Okay. Um, and then you're also your W-2 and all of that. If you do need to provide all of that to your CPA and they will, they should, you know, know what to do with it and report everything and file it correctly. Okay. Cause I was just nervous. Cause when I do, um, like I'm getting like the, my little list of things to do for my new mm-hmm. business, mm-hmm. uh, which is a totally different business, but I'm just trying to get my, my, uh, my, my equipment that I need to start that business. And I just didn't know if I needed a, um, may, um, file taxes for a business that I didn't create income on. And that's what was making me a little nervous. No, no, no. So your requirement for filing if you're an LLC is if you've made um, $400 or more, you're required to file um, your taxes. If you did not, and let's say you have startup expenses that you had to put out, you can file, but you're not required to file if you didn't make $400 or more. So just keep that in mind so you don't have to file um, those taxes, not for the business. Everything else you have to file. Okay, thank you so much. And have All a right. great day. No thank problem. You. Thank you. Have thank a good you. one. And, and congrats on those royalties. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> of course, of course. All right, let's go to James. James, what's going on? Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's the deal? Hey, what's going on? Peace, peace. Everything good, man. How are you? What's going on, Bradshaw? I'm good. I'm good, man. Thank you guys for everything you do. Been tuning in for a minute. Been an earner for a minute. Shout out to all the earners. Um, I have a trucking company and I was, I switched over my, um, LLC to an S corp a while ago. And I was wondering, um, do I have to set up the ADP and how to go about that? So you do need to set up payroll. It is a requirement. Um, they can revoke your S corp status if you are not in compliance, um, with payroll. So you do need to do that. Um, you, I do have an ADP rep um, that I can connect you with. She works with all of my clients. Shout out to Nicole. Yes, Nicole is amazing. I saw y'all did live together the other night. Shout out to Nicole. ADP. Yes, 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 yes. Nicole is amazing. Um, she helps every like she helps out all my clients. So, um, if you just send me over a DM or an email, go to my DM. My, my Instagram is Miss Business, so ms.business101. Um, okay, and okay. I will send you over um, her contact. I'll make sure that you get her contact. On Instagram? Yeah, yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. Did, did okay. y- y'all did a live the other night, right? Yeah, we did a live the other night. It's actually still on my page. Yeah, so, so you can take a, yeah, we talked about like W2s, 1099s, getting that process, all of those things. Yeah. So James, when you go to her page, you, you'll, you'll probably see Nicole from ADP. She's um on her page. It's probably within the last three or four posts. They actually did a live the other night, which, which is pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, bro. All appreciate right, you. you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it. Let me get some, let me get some housekeeping items in before we could just break it. I know. Reset business. the room. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to keep answering questions, but I know she's been talking for like 45 minutes. So I'll give her a break to get some water if, if she needs it. <laughs> but uh, yes, this, once again, this is, a window into EYL University. This is what we do um, every single week. We just cover this. The last Wednesday of the month is open enrollment. But I wanted to talk about what Miss Business has going on for a minute because um, she actually just dropped her 
I don't even want to call it a course. I really want to call it a, a business blueprint. And that's actually the name of it. Business blueprint, where it's 15 hours of information, everything, every single thing that you need to know about setting up a business. Like we cover, we can only cover so much in the hour and a half or two hours, but like detail, like, you know, bullet points on every single thing from payroll structure to retirement plan structure to, you know, selling a business to everything, business credit, like all piled in to 15 hours of video and it's actually assessments after like you go through different things there's different assessments or um the modules there's different guest instructors i'm actually in there teaching a, um about retirement planning and there's a workbook attached to it as well so um it's it's a great body of work i actually went through it myself um so oh, thank I'll actually, you, i appreciate that i'll say <laughs> she's she, she's modest so i'm i'm a you know saying her praise for her. So I say that to say, if anybody's interested and really wants to take their business serious and really start a business, I highly, highly strongly suggest that you invest in that. Um, like I said, being a financial advisor, you know, you get a, a business plan and you're paying anywhere from two to $5,000 for a business plan. And that's something that is not even half of what she has actually put out yeah. she is a business plan on steroids actually like detailing so many different things and so many different resources it's really an encyclopedia it's really like a college bachelor's degree in business all wrapped in 15 hours so it's it's an amazing body of work that she put together i'm not just saying that because she's here i'm saying that because i actually went through it and um actually got a chance to actually learn as well that's one thing i always learn so we're going to pin the link um, and it's a thousand dollars. We have a thousand dollars off. So it's actually five hundred dollars. The whole the whole 15 hours is five hundred dollars. Ian will be very disappointed. Um, <laughs> I can hear him now pounding the air. Yeah, he would be very disappointed with that if, yeah. if he's still in the live. But uh, I'm a pennant. So, yeah, like I said, if you if you're interested in starting a business or if you have a business and you want to take a business to the next level, extremely, extremely important. I highly suggest that you all uh, invest in that. So yeah, the yeah. website is msblueprinteyl.com. I pinned it and it's also in the description of this video and the description of like when we put it on um, Apple and Spotify as well. So yeah. yeah, just wanted to do that before we get to- Yeah, questions. and I think, I'm just add, can I sing your praises a little bit more? Yeah, 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 go ahead. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously <laughs> we went through the course, went through all the assessments for the course, which are incredible, but one of the dopest things was the workbook. Right. And so at the, you want to talk about the workbook? I'll talk about the work. Actually, yeah, can yeah. I pull up the workbook for them? Pull, can I just pull up the workbook? You want to pull it up? Share the screen. I'm going to pull, pull it up. I'm going to pull it up. Because I think this is one of the dopest features. And I don't think I've seen anybody do it like this. So, yeah, pull it up. Pull up. Share your screen. Yeah. So the idea behind the workbook. So the 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 course, the business blueprint, the reason why I even started the blueprint, I mean, why I even um, thought to do the blueprint is because it was a situation where I had a ton. Hold on one second. Let me just pull this over here. I have 2,500 business clients and I realized that we were not operating or doing business correctly. So what I wanted to do was be able to be a resource um, for people because they just were not doing business correctly. And it's so important. And I ultimately feel that it's not a situation where people don't want to do better is that they necessarily don't have the tools. They don't have the resources. So 
outside of like having marketing, having, um, you know, in the course, we walk through everything, your ideas, having partners, contracts, Rashad's there talking about retirement, dissolving your business, which no one talks about. Um, you know, I had King Ashley Ann in there. She's talking about marketing. Someone from HR, I had Nicole from ADP, um, and they're just talking about payroll. And hold on one second. And I thought of the idea to actually put together like a business plan. So this is the workbook. Oh, hold on one second. That's just the cover page. Hold on. <laughs> Where is the workbook? Oh, here we go. Hold on. No. Yeah, some people in the Zoom are asking for the link. I just put it in the link for everybody to see. Mm -hmm. uh, so everybody has access to that link in YouTube. Uh, it's already in there for you all as well. Hold on, give me one second. Because I think that the workbook is so good. It's like over a hundred pages. So worked really hard on this. Yeah, the workbook, workbook definitely a good idea for sure. Cause they got, so the idea is that when you walk away, you have a, you have a business plan. And as Rashad said, most people are paying thousands of dollars for a business plan and they don't even have they don't have anything they don't have half the stuff that you're getting in here so all right finally got it All right. Finally got it to open. So let's get one more question. Yeah. Ms. Business, you could actually, while you're doing that, we could just. Oh, I got, oh, it. got it. You got it? Yep, I got oh. it. So pretty much this is the workbook where we have my 1% team. So this is all the people that are featured in the course. So we have Rashad, Ashley, and Sabine, the purpose lawyer. We have Chrisley. She's in there talking about HR. Rosina, she's talking about trademarks. Connie's talking about processes. Nicole's talking about um, payroll. We have Brandon from PTG talking about how to buy vehicles and assets in your business name. We have my team here, my branding and marketing strategist and brand strategist and photographer. I had them hop in there to like just talk about from their perspective. We have uh, Ellie Talks Money talking about funding. So she dropped a lot. Bree talking about, you know, just buying assets in your name and business credit and personal credit and Jalen in there talking about PR, All right? So pretty much just to give you guys like a peek into the workbook, the idea behind the workbook, and keep in mind, you can actually write inside of the workbook. So when you download the workbook, it's you can literally do it on your phone. So the entire workbook is fillable. So you'll be able to like check boxes, write in all of these boxes. So it's not something that you have to print out. So really going through your, your SWOT, your pros and cons, partnership agreement templates are in here. Um, you know, just really, going through all of these things like breaking down all the things that I just went through here here's all the links right if you want to apply for EIN that's there right so oh shoot what are the thing so all of those things I'm going to go up here because I didn't lost the page but yeah all of those things are pretty much in the workbook 
No, that's a right. and, so, and, and that's an addition. That's an addition. That's an addition, that's to, an addition to the course, right? Because right. I, I felt I don't I don't want you guys with your own pen and paper. I needed to guide you. I needed to make sure that, you know, I guided guided you all um, throughout all of those lessons because I, I really think that is so it's so good to have like a big thing. I say that 2022 is the year of the bosses. Some years is real estate. 2022 is for bosses. We have too many people quitting their job. We have too many people, you know, just kind of just want to show up for themselves. So that's my theory. The year of the bosses. I yeah, love, it. I love bosses. it. Gentlemen. And from an educator to an educator, man, I appreciate yeah, that. Right. And at the end of no it, problem. you got your whole business plan. Let's take a few more. Let's get a few more questions before we yeah. wrap. Tyshawn, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on? Hello. How you doing? I'm good. Okay. Um, can you explain the process to switch over from LLC to S Core? Hi, Tashawn. Hi, baby. Um, <laughs> she's my client <laughs> so the process to switch over from llc to s corp um the process has to be done on the federal side and the state side depending on which state you are in so there's only a few states that require you to also do the election on the state side but keep in mind guys an s corp is not an entity type it is a tax election so what that means is that you have to complete tax, um, you have to complete form 2553 and you have to submit it to the IRS. Now keep in mind, once you submit that form to the IRS, they will require you, uh, I mean, they will require about four months in order to get that form back to you. Just to say, hey, I acknowledge that you are an escort. Okay, so you have to keep that in mind. There are certain states, um, I think right now it's just New York, I believe Ohio, um, New Jersey, and one other state, I can't remember the other state, that still that requires you to do it and um, basically complete the form on the state side. Um, but most states don't require you to also take that additional step on the state side. They pretty much just follow suit with um, whatever you elect on the federal side. Um, in regards to the state level, like where you actually formed your entity, you don't need to notify them or let them know like, hey, I'm now an escort. Yes, 2553. You're welcome. There you have it. Let's get a, let's get a few more. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, let's go to uh, Anna. We coming to you. Anna, unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on? Hi there. Good evening. Can you hear me? Hear you yes, I can hear you. Shout out to all y'all. Okay, right when I say good. unmute yourself, y'all on it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Rashad. Hi, Troy. Nice to see you this evening. Hello, Pleasure Miss Business. Seen. I enjoyed this, your presentation. Um, you. My question is this, and this goes to funding. Can we talk about, um, or can you express your views on shelf corporations? because a lot of credit agencies want you to have some seasoning, especially if you're new. And so um, I know that shelf corporations are a way to try to um, put your business in a position of, of uh, longevity, showing mm -hmm. that you've been around a little while. So can you share as it relates to funding? Absolutely. 
So with shelf, um, for shelf corporations, for those of you who aren't familiar, that just means that someone purchased a corporation or an LLC um, and they said, you know what, we are going to hold on to this LLC for a certain amount of years. And then you can then buy into this business that has already been established. And that's why I always tell people when they ask me, like, when should I start an LLC? I'm like, today, ASAP, don't wait. And the reason why I say that is because when you go to lenders, <clears throat> the first thing that they're going to ask you is, when did you form your business? When was your business established? Longevity matters. So if you are just getting into, um, you know, funding, I mean, if you're just getting into business and you are in a position where you want to go for funding, but of course, if you're just getting into business, so you don't have the time, I think that shelf um, corporations are great. You just want to make sure that they are in compliance. I have had a person um, acquire a entity and they had a ton of unfiled tax returns, a ton of annual filed tax returns that were not filed. So you just want to make sure that you are you're not getting yourself into anything. Thank Anna, you. We, oh, okay. You're welcome. And it was writing down her notes. I appreciate you, Anna. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, let's get a few more before we wrap. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's see who we got. Uh, let's go to Kendra Hall. Kendra, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on? Hello. I um, Hello. I have a couple of questions. Well, one, my husband and I already have a corporation, which is a private investigation company, but we also have nine rental properties. And one of those rental properties, we want to do an Airbnb. Mm -hmm. All the rental properties are in our name. And I am wanting to know, is it best for us to establish an LLC and to run the business, or should we do another corporation, uh, an S-Corp for the Airbnb and the rental properties? No, so you should do an LLC. And the reason why you should not, and this will take extreme strategy if it would make sense to ever put an um, real estate in a corporation, but for the most part, it almost does not make sense to put um real estate in a corporation only because of the um, tax rates on the sales. Um, when it is going to be time to sell or transfer, it just is a nightmare um, in corporations. So I wouldn't suggest that you do it in a corporation, but if you do it inside of a, um, sorry, if you do it inside of an LLC, that will be the solution that you need. Now with the Airbnb, you now have to consider, you know, how much income you're going to have coming in and what that profit looks like. If it's one property, you, you know, you should be okay um, in a um, in an LLC. But as you let's say, if you acquire more Airbnbs, you may want to consider um, an S corp because now you are moving into a transactional business and you don't want to get caught up in that self employment tax. Okay, so with the Airbnb, we would need. Uh, maybe a couple of employees because the business is like, I can't run it because I mm -hmm. have a regular job as well. So um, to pay them, we can pay them through the LLC and it's okay. Or we, how does that work? Absolutely. So um, when you say pay them, are you referring to 
paying them? Um, like, are you saying, do they need to like how to pay them? Like a payroll, right? Like or, a payroll or something. Yeah. So if you do have them down as employees, you do want to get a payroll company. Um, one thing that you all have to understand um, is that when you decide to start bringing on employees, you want to make sure um, that you you're thinking about your payroll. And I just want to talk about this a little bit because it's so important. Um, when you decide to get employees or even pay yourself on payroll, keep in mind, you have federal deposits that have to be made to the federal. You have state deposits that have to be made to the state every single payroll, right? So if it's biweekly, those are biweekly deposits. You also have to file quarterly taxes, right? Quarterly, um, your quarterly payroll taxes. Those taxes also need to be remitted to the to Social Security and Medicare. And you also have to keep in mind that there's an annual return that has to be filed. That's why I use ADP. They kind of take care of everything. It's nothing that you even need to think about. Um, they, everything is so seamless. But I just want it, you know, I want to be very transparent because I've seen so many people, I've seen people lose their businesses because of taxes. So I'm always so adamant about, you know, when you do it, just do it right. Um, so yes, if you are going to hire people because you cannot, um, you know, be active in the business, that's totally fine. Just enroll in a payroll provider, get them set up as W-2s and whatever that pay frequency is, if that's every week or if that is, you know, bi-weekly, you can set that up. You can always change it to make sure that they're being paid what they need to be paid. Okay. Thank okay. You. Okay, thank you, Kendra. You're welcome. Yeah, let's get like two more if we can. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go to uh Brian. We're coming to you. Brian, unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on? You put Weezy. Hey, what's going on, guys? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we hear you perfectly. What's going on? Weezy, my nickname. This is surreal to me. Yeah, you got I listen to EY every day. I'm a new earner. Really appreciate everything you guys do. This is amazing. I, I really do. Appreciate it, man. I got Weezy up tonight. You see him? Weezy F, baby. <laughs> Please say the baby. And the, the F is for, <laughs> the, F, the F is for phenomenal. F is for front, though, because that's why I'm breaking. <laughs> <laughs> I have a two-part question, if that's all right. Yeah, absolutely. All right, no guidelines tonight, man. Let's do it. All right, cool. So I have an investment group that I run. It's 19 of us in there. We put in $2,000 a year total. Um, so I was trying to figure out what's the best type of entity that we can put together for that type of like uh, group where we're not paying too much in taxes. Because I know with the LLC, with the partnerships, we got to pay per member, like per partner in there when it comes to following your taxes, I believe. And then um, we, since it's not really a business, we're just a group. We're not really producing active income right now. So I was trying to see what you think makes the most sense for, for us to protect ourselves. Absolutely. So um, I just want to clarify in terms of the filing, the per member, the only time you there's any fees per member is if you don't file your taxes. So I'm happy that you mentioned that because um, anyone that is an S Corp or a partnership or two plus member LLC, keep in mind that your filing date is March 15th. Okay, so your filing date is March 15th and you want to make sure that you file your taxes by March 15th or put in an extension because, sorry, because the penalty for non-filing is $205 per month per member. So in your case, if you have an investment group and it's 10 people, that's $205 times 10 times 12, right? If you do not file your taxes. In terms of the entity type that I think is best, when you say an investment group, what are you guys investing in? Are you guys pooling money together? What exactly does, 
the investment group do? So currently we've been putting in the $2,000. We first we did long-term stocks. Then after that, we um, invested in crypto um, and trying to do some swing trading. I personally do day trading for the group. Um, mm-hmm. In the future, we will be starting businesses. This year, we're looking to open up uh, Airbnb business, Toro, and a vending machine. So mm-hmm. that was my second part question of if we should be getting uh, separate entities for each business that we open up, or should we mm-hmm. just keep it all under the one group? Gotcha. So the first part, um, you should be an LLC because it is so many of you, you want to, and you guys are investing in different things. Um, you want to make sure that, I know you mentioned that you're doing the trading. So I'm hoping that the brokerage account is in the business name. Um, so that way, when the money comes in and you guys have to distribute all of the profits that each of you will receive a K1, and then you would only, um, you will only report your respective share on your taxes. Right. And so the LLC would be the best route for that. And to your the second part of your question, absolutely, you should definitely put all of those additional businesses inside of, um, you know, different entities. One, because I've had various um, investment group clients and what's going to happen. Um, I don't want to say it's going to happen, but what may happen is that somebody may say, you know, I don't want to invest in Turo. No, I'm fine over here with stocks and Airbnb, right? And then you don't want to have to try to figure out, okay, well, what now happens that is supposed to be 10 of us and now this other person doesn't want this now. It just makes it very messy. And then another thing that you have to consider is the liability. If something happens, you know, in one of your other businesses, you don't want it to be a situation where they can come and take all of the, I mean, like all of your assets, your stocks, your, you know, whatever other investment or other businesses you start. That makes perfect sense. Thank you so much. Got you. Thank you. Please appreciate you, bro. How how you feeling this business? Like you want to go a little longer or? Listen, I'm here. I got a lot lot of hands. (laughs) There's a lot of hands. I'm here. I'm here. And I'm here. All right. <laughs> Let's keep rolling. All right. Uh, Lauren, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. Hello? What's going on? Hey, what's going on? Thank you. Thank you for letting me in, man. Great presentation, Miss Business. Appreciate you. No problem. And, uh, all right. Yeah, the uh, S Corporation is, is interesting to me because it sounds like I've been paying that 15% and not knowing it. Uh, with an LLC, and um, but I I don't recall clearly, but I I remember somebody telling me they couldn't get the PPP loan because of uh another corp, and I think they said the S corp is what they had, and um, is that is that true that you couldn't get you know say if it come up again you know I want to be prepared for if it come <laughs> up again because I, I you know I, I was able to get all of that stuff with my LLC you know asking for asking for a friend so but I. Asking- Absolutely. So that is false. <laughs> that is false. Okay. Um, your entity type um, has, has nothing to do with you being eligible um, for a loan. What may have happened in um, that person's case? But I feel like they, they revamped PPP so many times. Um, if the person did have an S-Corp, S-Corp, one of the requirements for an S-Corp is that you pay yourself salary. So because you need to pay yourself salary, it was a requirement for you to have had paid some sort of payroll. Now, if the person was an LLC, 
then they would not have needed to pay themselves technically a payroll because when you are an LLC, your profit is considered your payroll. But they were not denied because they were an S-Corp. They just were not in compliance, which I'm happy that you said this because this is what I mean. And I became very passionate about business owners being in compliance during the whole pandemic because me being the accounting accountant, I've seen so much, you know, just trying to help people qualify for all the EIDLs and PPPs. It was a situation where people just were not positioned and they were not set up correctly. So therefore they were not able to take advantage of certain things, which IE again is going to hold us back while other people are able to take advantage of these things. So that's what that whole thing is. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So You're I'm, welcome. Switching, I'm switching over. And I have one more part, uh, question about the S Corp. Now, so I would have to put myself on payroll if I, you know, like how you were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I would pay the 15% on what the business profited, right? No, the 15% is going to only be on whatever you decide your salary is going to be. So if you, let's say, made 100000 but you said your salary is going to be 30000 you would only be paying that 15.3% on the 30000 Okay. Okay, great. Okay. okay. Well, okay. that cleared up right. everything. Thanks a million. All right. I appreciate no problem. You. All right. Likewise, man. Keep up the good work, y'all. All right, man. 15.3%. Let's do it. All right, Nakisha, we coming to you. What's going on? Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. Good evening. Good evening. Good night, everyone. Hello. Um, how you doing? How you doing? Um, I would like to thank thank y'all for all the information you give in, Miss Business. You're killing it tonight. No problem. Thank you. Um, I I I recently got an LLC. I want to get a mixed dwelling property which will be have um apartments on top and i want to get a cafe on the bottom so when i open up uh, the llc i open up as a real estate because i don't have the cafe yet since i don't have the building so um you just said don't do the s corp for the real estate part should i do the s corp for the cafe once i get it yes and those should be in two separate entities anyway right because um, you have to think about your cafe is transactional. So yes, that should be an escort. I'm um, considering that, you know, your profits are projected to be above that $35,000, $40,000 mark. Now, if you have real estate, you have tenants, that's risky. They can slip, they can fall. So you may want to consider um, if that building is going to be in your name, maybe, rent, maybe renting out the um maybe creating a lease between you and the LLC and having your tenants rent from the LLC, right? Because now what that's doing is that's gonna create a separation between your assets and your tenants if in the event something were to happen. Okay, I was gonna ask, should I created another business to collect the rent? So the one business was to buy the property and mm -hmm. like, um, like, I guess um, somebody was saying like a property management business to collect mm -hmm. the rent. So all of that would be separate? So um, when... I don't think that the first, your first property um, that's structured in this way needs that okay. um, only because now you're still not protecting yourself against liability. It doesn't matter if a property management company, you know, it's like if a third party collected rent for you, you the lease is still with, you know, you and the tenant. 
So I think the better way is to, as you know, what I just explained, and you can have them pay the LLC and never pay you because they're renting from the LLC, not you. Okay. Thank you so much. And keep no problem. Y'all are doing is needed. It's very needed. Thank you. You're welcome. We're going to do one more. One more. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's it. We're just going to do one more. Let's, let's go to. Uh, Kesu, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on? Oh, oh, word to the. And I've seen some people asking, "Am I taking clients for tax season?" I am. You guys can sign up, schedule your onboarding. Tax season has begun. The IRS is already starting with me. Kesu, it's over. (laughs) It's over. All right, we're gonna go to Jerry. Jerry. Is the middle part too. Jerry, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's the deal? Hi, can you guys hear me? Perfectly. Yes. Hi, yeah. Jerry. Wait, is this Jerry? Okay, Sue. Yeah. This is Jerry. Hi, right, Jerry. What's the deal? What's going on? Thanks, guys, for taking me up. So, my question is this. Um, so, I've been a, a member for about a few months now. I'm Canadian. I'm Toronto, Canada. So, shout out to all the other hey. Canadians here. Um, one of the things about starting the business is that it's always challenging to um, get information from, you know, people that you're trying to, you know, mimic their business. So I guess my question is, how do you strategize, you know, getting information on, you know, um, from like, let's say I'm a nurse, but for example, so if I want to start like a nursing staffing agency, um, but then I know of another company that's doing it, but I know they're not probably not going to share information. How do you build those partnerships or strategies uh, in terms of getting information on how to, um, you know, uh, get up and running in terms of starting a business? So I think you should just find someone that is willing to give you the information. Like there's so many people that have learned from whatever industry it is and they have courses or they have, you know, consultations or they have, you know, something that can help you. Um, I mean, you know, nine times out of 10, your your competitor isn't going to say, hey, come over here. Like, <laughs> I'm going to let you into, you know, everything that I've built so hard, right? Because building a business is hard work. And so most people are not just going to say, hey, yeah, you know, here's all my secrets, here's everything. Because again, that is valuable. So, I mean, you may, you also can approach them and let them know that, you know, you will pay for whatever information. I don't know. Come on, Troy, Rashad, you guys have anything for this? Um, I feel like, I feel like um, it's extremely important to network. So, yes. you know, your network will determine your network. It's, it's sounds, like a cliche, sounds like a cliche saying, but it's actually true, right? So, I, if I was in your position, I would identify the people that have reached the level of success that you would, that you want to achieve and find out how you can add value to them without even asking them for anything. Like, you know, see how you can add value to them for free, whether it's through introducing them to somebody else or, you know, um, you know, working with them or working for them or whatever. Like, you know, I would try to figure out how I could add value to that particular person. And then from there, establish a relationship with that person. And then from establishing a relationship with that person, actually learning from that person. But I mean, that's that's how I would go about it. If there's not information online or if she said if there's not a course available, stuff like that, I would try to identify the people that I really want to learn from, see how I can be an asset to them, build a relationship with them 
and then learn from them. Yeah, I'll just add to that. You're probably in the right space for that, right? Because there's over 12,000 people in this community. And so I'm yeah. sure that there's somebody that is in that space right now that can help you as a peer and you could perhaps grow together, right? Your, your next business partner could be listening to the, your plea right now. Um, so I would put that in, in the Facebook group and, and, and to see the response, especially we got a large audience in, in Toronto. Um, so shout out to everybody in Toronto. Okay. But there's somebody right now that can help you maybe here. Um, so put that out there and see what the feedback is, man. And in regard to the Canadian um, question, because I, I did see somebody on YouTube earlier that said that, that you know, there's not a lot of uh, content that's related to Canada. The, that's right. The stocks is related to anything. Crypto and stocks, you could do anything. There's a lot of content with that. But I always say this, let's, let's, if, if, if there's enough Canadians in EYL University, let's, let's create an affinity group inside of EYL University for Canadians. Like, um, I'm not sure if there's one that's already exists or not, but no, I there is isn't actually, and All I right, thought about it. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it about it. we just, we just bought the idea. We, we had have, a UK one. Yeah. We have one in the UK. Shout out to Scarlett. She's the head of that. Shout out to all the UK earners. We have an infinity group for UK earners. So I know that obviously like the laws are different in Canada, yeah. the tax structure is different in Canada, real estate is different in Canada. So let's, uh, you know, we always looking to improve the situation. So let's figure out how we can um, add more value to the Canadian earnest, create an affinity group, get different people that are doing business inside of Canada to actually, you know, come speak and talk about topics that are specific to Canada. Yeah. And then when we come up there. <laughs> there you go. You waited. <laughs> yeah. So, about it. so let's get on that. Let's get on that ASAP. I'll hit Janet and um, we can start working on that, you know, this week as far as building, building more of a stronger um, content strategy for the Canadians. EY International. Thanks, fellas. Have a good night. Uh, big yes. up, big up, big up. So, yes, yes. You no, know, Toronto, Canada, that's like one of my favorite cities in the world. So shout out to the Toronto family. I got some family up there. As soon as they lift this COVID um, restrictions, there. you know, I'm headed to, to Caravana. <laughs> shout out to Kitty Caravana, everybody that pulled up to that back in the day. <laughs> Change our lives forever. I appreciate you, Jerry. Yes. Thanks, fellas. Have a good night. All right, so this was a jam-packed session, almost two hours of straight information. Uh, Miss Business, once again, hit her up if you need your taxes done. But even, you know, outside of that, really create, I want to just hammer this part home. She really created the encyclopedia for business. That workbook that she gave a, a view to, that was actually amazing. Like it had hyperlinks into actually the IRS website to actually get your EIN number. Um, it's like, that is like a college booklet right there. And that's just the workbook that has nothing to do with the 15 hours of actual content. So for $500, like I said, if you, if, if, if you are in business, that's an investment that you honestly cannot afford not to make. So the link is pinned. Um, I highly strongly suggest that, you know, check it out msblueprinteyl.com um extremely extremely valuable information there and once again anybody interested in joining eyl university we do this almost every day at this point where we have classes and community and like i said we're gonna have physical events um it's like non-stop it never stops so eyluniversity.com if you want to join and become an earner um i mean i don't see why you wouldn't it's uh the gift that keeps giving. Um, and yeah, <laughs> anything, anything that you want to say, Miss yeah. Miss Business? Thank you guys for having me again. I love my earners. Um, I had a client today call me. 
he was like, so like triple A, I'm an earner. So do I get a discount? <laughs> I'm like, earners do not play. But earners are treated very special in my office. Um, I appreciate all of you guys for even showing up for yourself. Um, as Rashad said, this course um, should be a lot more money. However, the goal right now, as I said, 2022 is the year of the bosses. So for me, it's so important to have more of us doing good business and not having our business fail because we feel that you know, we're not seen or we don't have the solution or the resources or the understanding. And so Every single person in that workbook has provided resources, has provided, pretty much showed up with the blueprint. Like every single topic, every person um, showed up. And that's what's important to me because it's cool to start an LLC, but it cannot stop things. We're no longer just starting LLCs. We are starting profitable businesses, sustainable businesses, and we cannot do that without the knowledge. So again, thank you guys so much for having me. Appreciate uh, so you as it, always. Janet, Janet, let me know that the orientation will be on um February 5th. 5th. Yep. So orientation. So, like I said, how we run EY University, we kind of took the whole blueprint of like um a college, but took the good parts and left the bad parts. So you don't have to go to philosophy class, you don't have to go to you know how to dissect the turtle. You just get the information that you need. Well, like orientation, like how a college university has orientation. We do that once a month for all the new earners that come in because the website has like over 150 different like archived classes. All the classes are archived too. So we got that from like a college structure. The infinity groups, very similar to like a college. Like you go, you have like the black student union. You have all of that. Like that's how we got the infinity group situation. Um, of course, you know, we got the the cap. That's like the the mascot. Um, and, you know, we have a hierarchy, <laughs> dean of students. We have professors. Miss Business actually is a professor. So we have seasoned um, tenured professors that teach on an ongoing basis. We have some um, professors that come in as one-offs. Those are like, you know, guests uh, that just come in for, you know, presentations. And then... Um, yeah, we have uh, we have a movie club, book club, very similar. It, the problem with, is not the educational. It's not necessarily the structure of education. That's the problem. It's what they're teaching. That's the problem, because there are a lot of good things in the educational structure. Like you can learn a lot from the educational structure. It's the information that they're teaching and the price that you're paying. That's usually the problem. So we, like I said, we took the good parts. We didn't just come up with this overnight. We actually like really studied this. It's like a whole thought process behind EY University. So we literally took like the good parts of college and higher learning and adapted it to the new age way of learning online virtual at a fraction of the cost, which is like the perfect blend of a new higher education. Yeah. We, um, we also added one of our, our tenured professors, Credit Dude, who was doing once a quarter, is now going to be here every month. By popular demand, he's dropped so much information. And just such a positive dude that he decided, look, I love the earners. I love the community. I got to come back more often. So he's going to be once a month as well. Yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, your favorite guests now become your professors. It's like, where else is this happening? This is the first time I've actually said this publicly, but maybe we can do a podcast about EY because it's actually a business structure behind the EY University. And there's a lot that goes into that. Um, and 
Yeah, maybe we could do a podcast to break that down. But even like different stuff that we have planned, like we have like sports events planned for this this year. Like we probably end up doing like a cookout, stuff like that. Like you need the school spirit. School spirit is extremely important to any university. If you really think about it, that's it's a whole psychological play with these universities. So school spirit is something that's extremely important. It's it's, it's important to have high morale and high school spirit. So this is why we're going to start doing live events. This is why, you know, we have colors, blue and white. Every university has a color scheme. You know what else is important to, to universities? Homecomings. Homecomings, <laughs> extremely important. Get ready. Homecomings is extremely important Get to ready. universities. <laughs> um, but the last thing I'll say about this is that uh, a university is only as good as its alumni, its students, student body. If you really think about it, Harvard doesn't really have to market Harvard. Their students and their students' achievements make Harvard, Harvard, whether it's Howard University, whether it's Yale, whether it's Duke, whether it's Columbia. So the same thing with EYL University. It's up to you guys to really implement this information. And then your success is ultimately our success because we're only as good as students. So it's very extremely important that the information actually gets applied and you guys make money. So it's in our, it's actually in our best interest to help you guys make money because as you become successful, now the institution becomes more and more prestigious because we will have the next Jeff Bezos, the next Elon Musk, the next whoever come out of EYL University. Don't don't worry, man. You don't got to get the 120 credits. Just get the credit score and get the businesses up and running and make that money. So and, 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 and we was very even the logo. If you look at the logo, it's very Ivy League ish with the with the shield and um, the branch. So you know, the there's a lot of thought process that that went into the EYO University. Uh, so yes, just Thanks. wanted to put that out there. <laughs> yes. All right. Ten o'clock on Eastern Standard Time. Uh, folks, it's been real. Again, uh, we said it on Monday, but again, obviously today is the 26th of uh, January, 2022. And so we uh, remembering Kobe Bryant and all the, the, the lives lost and the tragedy that happened uh, two years ago today. So rest in peace to him and his family and all the families that were a part of that tragedy. Um, and got some birthday. Happy birthday to Kira. Shout out to George. His daughter just turned 19, which was crazy. We was there when she was yeah, born. And shout out to Saeed. My God, daughter Spence was good. Uh, she'll be 19 on the 28th. And today's Anita Baker's birthday. I, I, I don't know why I didn't put her album Shout up. Shout out to Anita Baker. I should have. Haircut like Anita Baker. Shout out to Anita Baker, <laughs> man. Shout out to y'all. Uh, be safe. Love each other. And we back We back tomorrow with, with um, Rance and Jim's podcast. That's a, that's we don't a fact. stop. Non-stop content. We shot four episodes of this. Around the clock. We We're working keep, all day. Keep going. Keep going. So that is the key to business. You got to keep going. Never stop. Never, never stop. Because as soon as you stop, somebody else is working and they're going to catch you. So they ain't going to work. I'll work us. We've been we've been in the studio all day. Literally. 11 o'clock. We've been taping since 11 we like, o'clock. We like recording artists. We don't <laughs> leave the studio. We just stay in the studio and just record content. Very similar to, to a musical artist. Um, so work, 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 work. Nothing beats work. Nothing beats work. Mamba mentality. Rest in peace to Kobe. That's what we'll end on. Mamba mentality. Miss Business, love is love. Right. <laughs> good night, guys. All right, y'all. Y'all be good. All right.
You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte after getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. That's chime.com slash goals24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.